Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Future File, a podcast exploring the way that tech is changing how we work, play, and live. I'm Jeff Parsons, the Mirror's science and tech editor, and joining me is Shivali Best, as Hi. always. Uh, and today we're going to get into the science behind health and fitness. We're going to look at some of the most popular uh, health trends at the moment, whether that's going gluten-free, trying out a paleo diet, or intermittent fasting. We're going to look at some of the science behind that. We're also going to talk just a little bit about uh, some tech gadgets uh, around health and fitness that we've we've tried or that we like the look of that we think might benefit you if you're trying to um, stay healthy this year, if, if, if the resolution is uh, to, to, to get healthier. So that what that's what the plan is for this episode. So Shivali, do you want to take it away with a bit of a bit of background on what we're getting into? Yeah, so health and fitness used to be this kind of trend say for healthy activists, um, but a lot of people are jumping on the bandwagon now with many of the trends that you've already mentioned. Um I mean, a lot of people did them as New Year's resolutions, so who knows if they're still doing them now we're into February. Jeff, looking at you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm reasonably quite good actually at sticking with the resolutions. I think. I think the the trick is to not over, not go like too militant with it. Yeah. Like, not not go right. I'm going to be down the gym four times a week for, for the rest for of the, the rest year. of the year yeah. for an hour. Just go right. I'm just going to run a bit more this this yeah, week. Yeah, realistic goals. Realistic goals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, as you said, we're going to be looking at some of the health and fitness gadgets as well. So there's things like Fitbits, heart monitoring watches, and then a huge number of apps um so we'll be discussing whether these are just a fad or which ones we think are here to stay so as i kind of mentioned jeff did do a new year's resolution mm. kind of health-based and I that did. was veganuary so veganuary. vegan january that's right yeah i gave it a try and that was um quite a quite I, I felt quite an easy new year's resolution to kind of go in with because it's only for a month so you right at the beginning you know there's an end date oh that's not easy for me no no, no I, I was like <laughs> right this is this is it i'll do it um we'll, we'll go ve- i'll go vegan for a month um and for those who maybe don't know or who aren't, aren't too sure of it being going vegan effectively means um not eating or consuming anything that has any uh, animal products in it so um no obviously no meat no dairy um, including eggs including eggs mm-hmm. uh, no fish um, yeah any, anything that's kind of uh, gelatin <laughs> gelatin any, anything that's had any kind of animal processing involved with it um, it's kind of really spiking veganism at the moment it's it's really in vogue um, it's obviously quite politicising as well mm-hmm. um, people some people feel certain ways some people do people do it for different reasons um, there are health there are health reasons for doing it there are obviously moral reasons for doing it if that's how you feel um, I, I'm, I'm going to stick strictly to kind of the, the science and the health based um, reasons which is, is what piqued my interest in doing it um, I will say I right off the bat actually I found it 
surprisingly easy um, really? to, to, to do it. Yeah, I, I thought that it was going to be a real challenge and, and all of a sudden I was going to get, my entire diet was going to get stripped away. I wasn't going to be able to eat anything. But probably as, a, as an indicator of how popular it's becoming, you're now seeing more and more vegan-based products in the supermarkets. It's a lot easier to um, kind of work around it, I suppose, and use other what you call supplements and things yeah. like that. There's um, also a lot of vegan restaurants now, a lot of or vegan restaurants, restaurants that have vegan options. Vegan options. So. It's just becoming more widespread. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, again, I, I found it easier than I, I thought it was going to be. Um, that's not to say it was easy. There were times where it was a bit frustrating um, because. I'm a lazy person, and especially when it comes to food. So to, to, to have a kind of diet and stick to it, you really ha- have to have a bit of a sort of preparation attitude. Like, yeah. I'm going to write, I know I'm going to go shopping for these things, I'm going to prepare this food. And so you don't kind of fall into that sort of trap of being at the end of the day and it's really, you, you know, you beat and you just want to sit on the sofa and just yeah. eat a snack. Anyway, so the science behind veganism, a lot of the, the arguments for doing it, include first and foremost that it's good for the environment and the way that that, um, that's commonly portrayed is that rearing and maintaining livestock beef uh, cattle is one of the key contributors to co2 emissions Um, recent studies have said that there's about 27 kilograms of co2 per kilo of beef uh, that's compared to uh, 0.9 kilograms per kilo of lentils god that's a huge difference huge difference And part of the um, the, the, the sort of the, what got me into doing it a little bit was just watching a couple of the documentaries that you can find on Netflix or, or on other streaming services that that have been made by vegan filmmakers and are kind of delving into the some of the the science behind it. Slightly scaremongering. But... It is. That's where the politicisation comes in. Yeah. It's yeah. You got to take a little bit of a. You know, uh, you got to take a bit of a stand and go right. Okay, I know what they're trying, what their message is, and it can get a little bit fearmongery, and you know, it can get a little bit, um, yeah, militant, I suppose. And but that's that that wasn't what I was interested. in. I was just interested to kind of try and science cut, try and cut yeah. through to, to find some of the the facts about it. And and the environment is a big deal. And um, you know, deforestation um, is is occurring on a wide wide scale. That's ostensibly to create space for grazing cattle um, and rearing livestock. Um, according to a study by the Oxford, Oxford University in uh, 2016, I believe, they, they, they postulated that if there was a global adoption of veganism, we would be able to cut emissions by 70%. Oh, my gosh. So immediately it would um, have a huge impact on... Um, on the environment and um, and climate change. What percentage of the well, of the world is now vegan? Do you think? I, I do you know what? I don't know. I don't think it would be very hard. Well, I suppose. Hold on. It depends. You go. You we we live in in the UK where you can go vegan by choice. Many places in the world were probably vegan not by choice, but just by the fact that yeah. meat is expensive. Um, so you know they live on brown rice, uh, oats, things like that. Um, Pulses, yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of a plant-based diet is is uh, really the only option for quite a lot of quite a lot of the population. I don't have actual stats on that. That's yeah. just my kind of take. It'd be interesting to see though how that's changed over the years. Like now that so many more people are going vegan, I bet even five years ago it was like maybe what two percent of the UK. Yeah. Now I'm guessing it's what ten. Yeah, possibly. At least it's it's just it's become a 
uh, I mean, you know, if you look for it, it's really there. There's a, you know, social media is brimming with it. Um, people kind of sharing their ideas, recipes that are kind of getting popular on social media and stuff like that. Um, so I, I kind of had never even considered veganism before. And then I heard about this veganuary thing and thought, oh, that'll be interesting. I'll give that a go. Yeah. Um, and then found all of a sudden that there's all this kind of like, I mentioned the, the documentaries that are there, all this sort of other world of, of people. And look, here, here we are talking about it on this podcast. So. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so there was the the environmental aspect of doing it. Um, there is obviously we you know we're talking about health and fitness. There's um, some science behind the kind of health benefits of, of going plant based. If you cut out meat and and dairy, you are going to be taking in less uh, saturated fat, less cholesterol, um, less sugar. All of which will lead to a decreased chance of type two diabetes issues with high blood pressure and obviously obesity now the thing that i found from my own um, personal kind of experience of only doing it over a month what i noticed the most was the lack of sugar like, really yeah so so i was eat, you know i'm eating fresh vegetables and nuts and things like that and i've just found that when i had um something like what did i have i don't know like a, a fizzy drink or something i just found that spike in sugar would really, really like was really noticeable after this was after a couple of weeks of doing it, just because I just hadn't taken in much sugar. That's interesting. Yeah. Sugar isn't the one that I thought you would really feel. I thought, yeah, no, I, me neither. But it was it was definitely something I noticed um, after after doing it for a little while. So there are um, you know there are drawbacks, obviously, uh, to to the to the vegan diet. One that's quite well known is that um, you lack vitamin B twelve, mm-hmm. um, so it's important to to take a kind of a, a supplement for that if if you know as part of a, a well rounded diet. Um, Another one is um, calcium, isn't it? Calcium, yeah. Calcium People who are vegan one. have a higher risk of osteoporosis because yes. of that. Yeah, so but I suppose you can get that all in in supplements. Yeah, as well. you can you can get that in supplements. There's also I can't remember what it was. There was something that I ate for calcium, and now it's gone totally out of my head. Um, oranges? Was it oranges? It might have been oranges. Yeah, oranges. Yeah. That was it. So we had yeah, have a couple of oranges. You're good to go with calcium. Yeah. Um, the other thing that often crops up when you're talking about veganism is the protein argument. Um, people are sort of where can I get my protein from? I need my protein for mm-hmm. you know muscle growth and all that sort of stuff um, and the, when you dig into the facts about protein a little bit you find that it's maybe not quite what you would um, what you would think so there's this sort of obviously this idea that if you're going to try and um, develop muscle if you're going to go to the gym if you're going to lift weights you need a lot of protein to kind of build that physique um, in actual fact uh, according to the Department of Health an average man an average uk man really only needs about 56 grams of protein a day really and you'll still build muscle that way yeah you can for for certain groups of people like athletes who really are burning thousands and thousands of calories a day and um, mothers who are breastfeeding they need to take in slightly more protein than Mm -hmm. that but but on average for for an average uk man you only need about 56 you need about what the department of health says uh, about 56 grams of protein is is the figure um the now the the mean average intake for men in the uk at the moment is already at 86.5 kilograms per day so we're already almost double on average over the 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 intake so this we just we don't need more protein in our diet not really um you can get protein from things like brown rice nuts oats 
100 grams of cashew nuts contains about 18 grams of protein. Now, that's less than, than 100 grams of chicken, which contains 27 grams of protein. But over the course of a day... You, you will get enough. You will yeah. get enough. You will get enough. So you sort of have that in your head and, and get out of that mentality of kind of like, oh, you know, I need to stock up on loads of protein because that's what that's you know that's the thing that i need it's it's just not you just don't need it Mm -hmm. um yeah so so from a sort of nutritional point of view veganism is 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 fine it's okay i i would i would i become kind of vegan long term i like meat i like steak i Mm -hmm. like chicken i love eggs um and cheese cheese is the big one actually that was hard to give up (laughs) that's why i'd miss yeah i miss the cheese yeah and uh, and actually although you did bring a vegan mac and cheese in one day yeah which i'm confused by that's right i did i I did that's part of what i was saying about the um you know the, the supermarkets making it more available and finding it easier was because there are these kind of alternatives these meat-free alternatives that you can get. So Tesco, for example, recently launched this Wicked range, which is purely vegan. Um, so they, they sell these vegan ready meals and things like macaroni and cheese, cheese yeah. burrito supplements for about £4 a pop, I think. I think you get vegan sandwiches for about 3 quid a pop. So, um, yeah, it's, it's not difficult to do. And it's something I think we need to highlight, people need to take into account, because the demand for meat is due to increase by two-thirds in the next 40 years, and current production methods are just unsustainable. Um, I mentioned the environment, I mentioned deforestation, so we need to be looking at alternative means. Now, one is cutting meat out, the other is finding kind of these meat-free alternatives. And... um, I know there are startups in Silicon Valley who are looking at kind of lab-grown meat, yeah. fake meat that kind of tastes and looks like the real thing, but is either grown from kind of cells, culture cells from animals and grown in a lab, or it's just sort of a, a plant-based kind of um, substitute that looks yeah. and, and tastes like it. But it A lot of them are very convincing as well. I think there's a company called Beyond Burger is one of them, and they have this like, meat-free burger that bleeds... I saw that. So yeah. it's pink inside and it actually looks like it's bleeding, which for me isn't very appealing. <laughs> but if you were a meat eater who loved steak, I guess that would guess be could, yeah. a good way to draw you in. Yeah, it, it looks, it tastes, it smells like meat, you know, yeah. to all intents and purposes, you're eating meat. Um, the, the first uh, the lab grown kind of burger that I remember reading or, or, or writing about was back in 2013. Um, and I remember they, they they got it out and asked a food critic to kind of sample and taste this thing and kind of give his verdict on it. But they did mention as well at the time that it cost £230,000. For a single burger. For a single burger. which is the most expensive meal, <laughs> I think, in history. Um, Not the way to get people to go vegan either. No. But so my <laughs> my kind of takeaways from, from veganism was that it was it was really it was a really interesting thing to do for a limited period of time. I'm not sure I could do it full on. Um but what it has done is it has made me like maybe dial back the animal products yeah, a, a little bit. More bit conscious a bit more conscious eating, of yeah. it. Um and maybe I'll I'll kind of pick it up again uh, the rest of the year. I don't know yet. But uh, certainly an interesting thing to try. And I think if, if any of the listeners are interested in doing any kind of diet or something like this it's maybe a good idea to set like a little boundary of time like two three three weeks yeah. see how you get on um, and then work it that way um yeah so that that was my experience with veganism now you've got a couple of other diet trends that you want to yes. talk about so, so the first one i wanted to touch on was gluten-free which you mm. see everywhere now yeah. i think every single supermarket has some kind of gluten-free aisle um people are always talking about it and this stemmed from 
people with celiac, which is an autoimmune condition where you can't physically digest gluten. Um, so they did it obviously for health reasons, but now people are kind of getting into it because I think most of the reasons is because people feel bloated and tired and think cutting back on gluten will help that. Mm. And I think it does help a lot of people, but one of the reasons for that is because they're getting rid of the excess calories that come with the foods containing gluten rather than from the gluten itself. Okay. So obviously things like pizzas contain gluten. Yeah. So cutting back on that, you're going to feel better. Yeah. But a lot of that's from the calories rather than the gluten. Yeah. Um, and there's been quite a few studies that have shown it's not actually good for you to follow a gluten-free diet if you're not celiacs. So I think one study last year found that a lot of gluten-free alternatives... So gluten-free bread is much higher in fat than normal bread. Um, gluten-free pasta is much lower in protein. And um, gluten-free biscuits are much lower in protein as well. So you might think you're being healthier, but you're missing out on other vital things that you should be having in your diet by following that gluten-free trend. Mm. And a lot of another thing is w- with gluten-free, you completely reduce your intake of whole grains, um, which have been shown to decrease your risk of um, heart disease so I think while it might stop you feeling a bit bloated there's a lot of other risks that yeah, come along with it point of view, yeah it's maybe not not great unless you really have a, like a condition that, that demands you yeah and I think as well out. if you do stop eating gluten and then a month later decide you do want to reincorporate it, it it's hard because mm-hmm. your body learns not to use it yeah um so it's it's quite risky stopping it just for a month or so. Yeah, um, it's amazing how adaptable the the human body is to, yeah. to diets and things like that. If you um, start to behave a certain way, whether that's upping your exercise or it's changing your intake somewhat, the the, the biology is so so good at kind of adapting it to the new normal. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Yeah, so gluten free is not one that I think. Well, I'm sure people will still keep doing it, but not one that I think. There's much health reasons Doesn't get to the follow. Shivali stamp of approval. No, not one that I'm going to be following. <laughs> um, next one I wanted to look at was the paleo diet. We heard about this I've, one. I've, okay, I've heard, I've seen some of the hashtags. I've, I've seen people <laughs> talking about it a little bit on Twitter. I don't think I actually know what it is. So, so enlighten me. So paleo Tell comes from the word is. paleolithic. Okay, um, which so back means, in time. Yeah, eating like our ancestors. Right. So it's kind of a back to basics thing and eating as naturally as possible. So I think if you're following the diet strictly, you're meant to eat grass-fed meats, okay, fruit and veg, and nuts and seeds. Okay. That's it. All right. So no processed foods, um, right. no dairy. Yeah. And the idea is that it's kind of back to basics, what we would have eaten back then, how yeah. hunter-gatherers kind of survived on that diet, and how that's our, how our bodies should be tuned. I could, I could totally get on board with that. Like, the, the whole... Yeah. I don't think... I think cutting out processed food is probably a really, really good thing to do. Yeah. Um, from a nutritional and a scientific point of view. I think where it runs up against a little bit of an issue is in our time-poor society, if you've got, you know... <laughs> If you've got like a long shift at work or you've got three kids you're running around afterwards, you, yeah. you know, you don't have time to be searching out the organic and the and the and all this sort of stuff and preparing all the meals. Um, it can be real tricky to kind of adhere to these things. Like yeah. what I was saying before about just relaxing on the sofa and just grabbing a snack. I'm sure it's easy. one of those things that with time, though, you learn to yeah. pre- pre-plan and what you can get on the go and things. So in terms of health, I think that's a really good one. But as you said, 
practically practicalities maybe not but so yeah good. but i cutting out processed food is definitely a way to go um i, I no problem getting on board with that at all yeah let's not mention your uh, cake incident Oh, that's that, <laughs> this. Okay, this is the problem though. I love cake. I love uh, chocolate. Like I, um, I could, I could give up kind of, you know, like jellied sweets or uh, candy bars, things yeah, like that. I, I could, could give up I sweets. Give easy. that up. The crisps could give those up. Not a problem. To, don't do anything for mm-hmm. me. But give me a cake or a chocolate bar, and I'm anybody. Yeah. <laughs> can't, can't can't say resist. no to it. Can't resist it. No. Um, of course I've. I had to the vegan thing because it's the, the milk in the in yeah. the in the chocolate. How much cake have you eaten in February then? Oh, so much cake, <laughs> so much cake. But I eat carrot cake, so it's healthy. Oh yeah, fine. There's vegetables <laughs> in that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's paleo, and the other one I wanted to talk about was this new trend of intermittent fasting, where yeah. it's not really a diet; it's more a diet program kind of pattern thing yeah so there's different ones it's a lifestyle yeah hashtag lifestyle (laughs) um yeah there's lots of variations on it some people do the 16 8 where you fast for 16 hours and eat for eight um well not constantly for eight hours yeah but you're allowed to eat in those eight hours um and then there's also a 24 hour variation where you don't eat for 24 hours and then you're fine for the next few days um and the idea is that when your body starts taking energy from it starts taking energy from fat basically when you're not eating so by fasting your body takes energy from fat and then when you're eating it takes the energy from the food at that time so it's kind of training your body to use food more efficiently um you've tried it haven't you i have tried it very briefly um not from any kind of high and mighty science minded point of view I'm just as I said lazy and I like the idea of two days out of the week I just don't have to worry about food you can easily not eat though I, I, I really can It's I'm, how many times do I say to you like have you had lunch again and you'll be like I've forgotten I'm just, <laughs> I never forget to eat I'm, I'll, I'm, I've all, I'll always eat if the food's in front of me and I yeah. can see it and smell it if it's not right in the forefront of my mind I'm not, I don't think about it I just yeah. kind of that's so, the diet for you then yeah it really was yeah. it really was it's just, it just a, a laziness thing I was like great I don't have to worry about food yeah. today excellent you could easily get through eight hours at work. Oh yeah, not eat. Yeah, no problem. Probably no do problem accidentally. Yeah, probably do. <laughs> no, that's yeah, that's it. I just sort of get that thing. Oh, I, should, I actually haven't eaten anything in hours. I should, oh. I should eat something. That's why I think the downside with that one is, unless you're Jeff, it can make you feel really tired and really grumpy. If I don't eat for yeah. too long, I get quite hangry. Quite hang- yeah. Yeah, and I imagine not eating for twenty four hours, I'd be. See, yeah, I don't get, I don't get hangry. The food thing doesn't bother me. Where I get, and this is maybe a topic for another podcast, is um, sleep. If I don't get enough sleep, mm-hmm. then I get really like I'm not good with that at all. I know, I'm, I'm the opposite. Easy. Sleep, yeah. fine, can really? do without. Yeah, but food. Yeah. See, as long as I get sort of seven, eight hours, I don't need to eat anything. Just, I just need to sleep. God, no way. <laughs> but you're the other way around. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting, isn't it? Maybe yeah. a future podcast on on sleep. Comparing cycles and our stuff. sleep and yeah. food cycles. <laughs> Um, and then the last one I want to talk about, which is a little bit different, and it's something that I tried the other day, and that is this new introduction of insects into your diet. So we did a video so on you this. You tried it. We all tried it. Yeah, I wrote about it. You wrote, that's true. You wrote about it. We were all roped in to, to try the insects, but yeah. this is just really interesting. So, so there's a company called yeah. Eat Grub that we um, got these insects from, um, and their idea is introducing insects as a normal part of our diet um they're very high in protein they're low in fat um and they're very easy to get hold of <laughs> so we tried it and jeff was a big fan i loved it yeah 
specifically crickets. That was, oh, that was what we were yeah, eating. Yeah, it was dry it? roasted dry barbecue roasted crickets. Barbecued crickets. They were, yeah, they were crunchy. Yeah, for they're me, nice. it was just a complete mental thing. Like, it tasted fine, but the idea of having a cricket in my mouth was a bit off-putting. But why is that any different from seeing, you know, like a cow or a chicken or something? Exactly. You it know, shouldn't it's be. Just, it's but just a, that's it's just how a creature. It's a Western way of thinking, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, I thought it was fine. I, I didn't mind it at all. Maybe, I don't know if I, again, everything in moderation. I don't think I could do bugs-only diet. Um, oh, gosh, no. But no, I, I just, <laughs> I was talking to one of our other colleagues about it, and uh, I was sort of saying, just get them out in pubs, you know, forget the pork scratchings. Just put, like, a nice little plate of barbecue oh, crickets out there on the I'm on the not bar sure that how it would go. Enjoy that with your pint. Maybe after a few pints, you'd be like, yeah, give yeah, it a go, fine. great. <laughs> so, yeah, those are the diets that I think are kind of the big health trends at the moment. Um, yeah, they're definitely more accessible now. I think there's more information about them um, and people are starting to kind of get involved with it a little bit more. So um, I wonder if we'll have converted anybody to give any of these a, a go. Let us know if you do. Yeah, yeah, let's, let us know. So um, those are, those are some, some kind of science based sort of diets and, and health trends that we're seeing. Um, let's like move on a little bit into the, into the gadgetry yeah. and talk about the tech. Um, so I think when you think of health tech the most obvious example is um, our activity trackers, our fitness trackers, our smartwatches, um, the wearable, so-called wearable technology. We've uh, covered this at length before. Um, we've, we've, we've done podcasts about it before as well, but it's always an interesting thing to kind of get back into a little bit, mainly because I'm quite a big proponent of it. I, I, I like, I, I've used um, Fitbits, uh, Apple Watches, uh, Jawbone um, trackers, um, over the last few years just to kind of get an idea of, of how they work and I really like them I, I, I use them quite a lot um, I don't I was saying to, to Shivali before we kind of started that I think this idea of like trying to hit the hit the competition all the time and hit the goals and all that maybe isn't is a little self-defeating um, I just tend to like, like have it as a journal mm-hmm. so um, yeah. I've used them and I just yeah, I used it for maybe six months. I had a Fitbit, and then after a while, just didn't really care that much. Really? Yeah, I was just like, sort of oh, didn't hit it today. I'll hit yeah, it that day. They did, yeah, they did. Yeah, I think they do say the average length of someone using a fitness track is about six months. Yeah, it's a high drop off, isn't it? Yeah, it's a Christmas purchase, and yeah. then by the summertime, people have forgotten about it. Yeah, it was a Christmas purchase actually. Got it for Christmas, and then really, yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> yeah, but but um, it's I. They are. They're definitely not going anywhere. Um, I think they're they're here to stay. They're continually being refined. Um, they're coming down in price now. They're they're accessible um, for people. So, yeah, whether or not you kind of pick it back up again to like before you want to go on holiday to kind of get back into the swing of things, um, I think it's it's kind of a, a big market area that's still gonna kind of be be a big part of technology tech industry. Uh, and I say I'm all for it. Yeah. Works for you. Good Works for, you. for me. Yeah. And so the other side of so we've got the the sort of health um, the, the the hardware you know measuring your 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 pulse rate and all that sort of stuff. But then you've also got the apps, yeah. the software side of it, which which you've had to go with some of them. Yeah, I really like fitness apps. Um, one of the ones that I regularly use is Nike Training, which is kind of like a they have little videos on them you can pick different uh, muscle groups and say you want to do abs that day it's got videos of different exercises you can do you can pick how long you want to do it for 
like I've got no motivation in the gym on my own. So and I can't afford a PT. <laughs> so it's nice to have. That's true. Much cheaper than a yeah, PT. It's yeah, it's free and it's got the videos. It's it's really worked for me. Okay. Um, that's good. And then another one I really liked when I was doing a lot of running um, is one called Zombies Run. Have you tried that? No, I think I've heard of so it. So it's kind though. of like an it... interactive game. Yeah. Where yeah. it it kind of it sounds weird, but it sounds like zombies are coming after you, and it tells you like which ways to go, and it, it is really fun. Running sometimes is so boring, okay. Okay. so having kind of like an interactive element is a good way to both distract you and make you keep going. So do you? Ha- so do you sort of have to stop and look at your phone and see? No, no, you've got your headphones. Oh, you've got your headphones, and it'll be like turn left yeah it'll be like the zombies are coming this way and you can you can hear them kind of behind you okay cool yeah do you not end up sort of miles and miles from your house um or just, can you plot out route i think you can you, oh, you i can't actually that? remember i've used, not used it for a while but yeah i think you can define where you go oh it's like de- define a sort of area of yeah. apocalypse don't make me end up the, in the zombies sorry are. yeah yeah <laughs> no i would i would think i would give that a go yeah um, it's just something a bit different um, yeah. Nike's running app's really good as well, but it's just tracking where you're going. It's not got any kind of interactivity. Okay, so yeah. there you go. That's, that's, yeah, that's kind of a cool thing to And try. then one, if you're not so into your fitness but want to be, that's good, that one of our colleagues is using. is called BBC's um, Couch to 5K. And that is like a, I think it's a, a six-week program where it builds up to doing a 5K having done no fitness. Um, so apparently it's really good gives you a nice structure to your training mm. yeah i've seen i've I, again i've seen sort of things about that but i've never actually used it myself yeah but anything that i guess you've got to find what motivates you what works for you yeah. um like the diet thing if it you know if it fits in with your pr- the practicalities of your life then great if you know just popping a tracker on in, in the morning is is good to kind of get you up and moving around i i find the biggest problem is um when i'm at work for that kind of that duration of time is I'm just sat down and I'm not kind of moving around. Maybe you should get um, a standing desk. Oh. Do you think they'd let me have one here? Yeah, probably. They probably, probably would actually. <laughs> yeah. Just wouldn't tell anybody. They'd make They're you just... do a video for it, but... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I think like trying to combat that sort of sedentary big chunk of time yeah. is, is kind of, if, if a little thing buzzing your wrist telling you to get up and move is is the way to go if it's or if it's an app that's you know you're going to run home from the office trying to dodge zombies then that's kind of <laughs> the way to go um, but I suppose it's trying to find what works for you um, so I think we've kind of covered an awful lot um, it was really quite in depth I enjoy talking about all this sort of stuff mm-hmm. uh, and I'm sure we've got many more um, health and tech uh, health based tech things that we'll get into in kind of future podcasts um, we do this podcast every week so uh, please give it a listen give it a subscribe um, join us again next Friday we'll be taking on some other aspect of the tech industry so thanks very much for listening and uh, yeah we'll talk to you again next week thanks bye bye, bye.